Blog Talk Radio. Happy Saturday night. Everybody's getting ready for Thanksgiving this week. Holy crap, I can't believe it's coming this soon. That means Christmas is right around the corner. Woohoo! I was going to do my show last week. We, uh, I went on a girl's trip with my mother-in-law, my sister-in-law, and my cousin-in-law. And we went to Alexandria, Virginia. Never been there, didn't know anything about it. Um, My mother-in-law had set up a ghost tour for Friday night. So we get there, we went in, checked into the Airbnb, uh, went and got something to eat, and we went to the ghost tour. So it was really cool because they were in, like, colonial-style clothes, um tour guides were really um they were excited about what they were doing so it was awesome and so they start the ghost tour and our guide has a lantern and he's like follow the lantern and we have no idea what to expect because I had obviously picked up on some things while walking around the town it's it's a lot of shops all kinds of shopping, consignment stores, food. You can go down by the water and you can eat um, right on the water. So it's awesome. 
Um, so we begin the ghost tour, and we had passed this one large building and had a flag on the front. And um, I'm not much of a history buff or history person at all, uh, so I didn't know what to expect. So we walk up to this building, and we, like, kind of walk under, like, the entryway. And as I'm standing there, he's talking about some of the history and, you know, things that had gone on in the area. And all of a sudden, my hand just automatically goes to my neck like I'm choking myself. And so I'm standing there in front of all these people, and he's telling his stories, and he's, you know, very funny and lighthearted and telling these crazy stories. And the whole time, my hand's at my throat. So I'm like, in my head, I'm thinking, okay, somebody obviously either got hung here or they were choked. So he proceeds to tell the story, um, and there was a young man who was supposed to meet up with a young woman um, and they had met late in the evening and the next day they found her body laying in the road and she had been strangled. So I was like, oh, that's it, that's it. And I saw my hand should get off of my throat now and it didn't. And I'm sure people were looking at me like, what is wrong with her? Like, why is she doing that? But the company I had with me, you know, they obviously know my gifts. And they're like, all right, something's up. So he proceeds to tell the rest of the story. And I'm still clutching my throat. And I'm like, okay, this isn't it. So obviously, because of the situation, you know, they made the assumption back then that, the boy that had met her was the one who killed her. So he was to be hung right there at that building that we were at. Uh, And as they were hanging him, he said, I will be back. So the story is that he haunts that area because of what happened. Um, So he was hung there. And as soon as they told the story of how he was hung, then my hand released from my neck, and I was like, okay, that's it. I didn't hear anything at that point, but we continued on our journey, and he was telling stories, and like I said, I'm not a history person, so he's talking about different presidents being there, George Washington, uh, Abraham Lincoln. I mean, there is so much history. He said that it is the third most historical place in the United States. So it's D.C. Um, I think it's Georgia and this place. So I'm like, holy shit, that's pretty crazy. So we proceed on. We go to this other building, and um, I'm standing there, and he's telling stories, which I obviously don't remember. And all of a sudden I hear, I didn't do it. And I was like, oh, okay, you didn't do it. So the young man who met the girl who they thought strangled her and left her body uh, was not the person who actually killed her, but he was hung for it. Uh, So he was indeed still there, but as he told me, I didn't do it.
So they're telling the story, and it is a, um, it's still to this day, they still have no idea who this woman was, where she came from. So there's something about this building in room eight. And there was this woman staying in there, and nobody knew who she was. Nobody knew anything about her. It was suspected that she was the daughter of a president or there was some connection there. And he was saying all these different possibilities and all the stories that they thought might be the case. And none of those were true. There was some suspicion that she was like a lady of, you know, one of like a prostitute, basically Um, so many different speculations, but none of them rang true. Um, And then he said about her being the relative of some president, and I'm sorry, but my history is just shit, so I don't remember and I have no idea. And he said her name was just something like Theolosa or something odd with a T. And immediately I broke out in chills and I'm like, that's her. She's the one. That's that's the story. The mystery solved. Um, you know, but I couldn't say that because nobody knew who I was or anything about my gifts and that just wasn't the time or place. I kept to myself. We went on to the next area um, where there was supposedly a small man who they call Headless Jack that is supposed to haunt this area. Um, He was a drunk, and supposedly he was hit and decapitated. And they were saying that, you know, he was there looking for his head, which, not true. Interesting story, but not true. Still cool, nonetheless. So we continue on, and we go... Um, to the cemetery and um, I guess a lot of the bodies had been exhumed and like moved so they didn't actually know what bodies were in the cemetery anymore Um, and so we're in there and he's talking about it and he's saying about this black shadow figure that people see and about some man that just walks around the cemetery and will, like, talk to you and you'll think he's real. And then, like, he's actually not. So I did see a dark figure several times, which I could not capture, even though I was taking a lot of pictures. Um, during the whole time he's talking, I'm just snapping pictures and looking around because I'm sensing this entity. There's, there was definitely a dark figure bolting around. Um, the man that supposedly walks the cemetery and talks to people and is seen by a lot of people uh, didn't see him. But we're all standing there, and needless to say, the tour guide of the ghost tour, this is the last stop. Like He takes us to the cemetery, and then he leaves us there. He just goes back to where we started, and we stay there and find our way back to where we're staying. So he's telling all the story, and I keep seeing this shadow. And then all of a sudden, this 
living man, like he was real, he starts walking through. And, like, it's open. There's a pathway. So if you're on the street, you can just cut through there and go to the next street. Like, totally normal. And there were, like, um, living places on the other side of the street. So people obviously lived back there. So it wasn't unexpected to see someone just walking through. But no one had walked through the entire ghost hunt. Um and so this guy comes in, he, he walks up the path, and then he starts walking right over to where I had seen the shadow figure several times. And then he kind of stands there in front of a tombstone, and he zigzags around, and he's not paying attention. It was like we were not even there. And then he just kind of zigzags through the cemetery, and he just kind of walks out. So we're all looking at him like, okay, that's kind of weird because the tour guide is telling us a story about the spirit that goes through the cemetery and shows himself. And here's this guy who looked completely real to me, like just some person walking through. Was he real? Was he the spirit they were talking about? I have no idea. But it was very strange. And, I mean, to me, he looked real. I thought he was a living person. I didn't get any, like, oh, he's dead. But I definitely was like, what is he doing? Why is he here? And it was, like, literally right at the second that the tour guide told us about this guy that this person just came walking through and did weird things. So... Was he living? Was he passed? Who knows? It was cool nonetheless. We did a lot of shopping. Uh, We found a lot of good places to eat. We had a really good time. The Airbnb we were staying at was haunted. So the spirits there liked to, we would turn the lights off and they would turn them back on. Uh, They liked to keep certain rooms colder than others. They liked to walk around in the middle of the night. Um, My mother-in-law was woken up by somebody walking around. It sounded like bare feet on the floor at like four in the morning. And she, in her head, because she knows me and (laughs) knows how things work. So in her head, she's telling whoever it is to like go away. She's trying to sleep. So she continues to hear the like the bare footsteps across the floor. So in her head again, she says it louder and more sternly, and it stopped. So we had, you know, some interesting experiences. It was a great trip. Um, that was last weekend, so I was supposed to do my radio show Saturday night, and then with the ghost tour and everything, we didn't get back in time. Um but it was fun. And uh, Christmas is right around the corner. So um, when we first moved back from California, um, you know, we didn't have a house in Pennsylvania anymore. Um, we didn't have any money. And it was, like, right around Halloween. It was, like, right before Halloween. Um 
and we were both, like, we had gotten jobs, and we were both working, but we didn't have enough money for Christmas. So um, there were some people who gave us money to give our children an awesome Christmas. Uh, And ever since then, we have done a Christmas drive. And because of who I am and what we do and what I do, I named it Ghost of Christmas Past, Present, and Future. And it is to pay it forward because when we were down and out, other people contributed and made sure that our kids had a good Christmas. And we didn't ask for help. They just knew and they helped us out of the pureness of their hearts. And so we always wanted to pay that forward. So we started this Christmas drive. This is our fifth year. Might be more, but I'm, I'm, I think it's our fifth year. And um, every year we've had well, at least 20 kids. Uh, one year I think we had like 40-some kids that we were able to get Christmas presents for um, and put presents under the tree for them when they wouldn't have had any. So I started my drive this year, and I know times are tough for a lot of people, so I was a little nervous. I'm like, this might not be the best time to do the Christmas drive, but I can't not do it because we do it because we want to help people and because we were helped when we needed it, and we just want to pay that forward. So uh, all the families that we've helped, It's been an amazing experience, and every single year, whether we have 10 kids or 40 kids, they all get taken care of. God takes care of it. The amazing people that donate to the drive and that buy for the kids, um, you know, they make Santa real for these kids, and it's a beautiful, amazing thing. So we have... uh, probably 15 kids so far and I mean it'll go all the way uh, probably to the middle of December that people will hear about it they'll see it they'll contact me and they'll be like hey can I add my kids or somebody will say hey I know a family they're struggling you know can I add their kids and that happens a lot and you know we do and they always get taken care of so um like I said, we have, like, probably 15 kids so far. Um, people have already taken some of them and brought me gifts for them already. So I have one family. Uh, she has two children, and they are Christmas. Um, other people have contributed and are going to contribute. So basically, you know, I put up the list of the kids, their ages, their wish list, like what they want, what they like, and their sizes. So. I mean, people can just go buy the things that they want and get them to me. Um, They can send gift cards. They can donate money. So I can go buy the things for the kids. Um, We always post pictures of all the gifts before we deliver them. We deliver them the day or usually two days before Christmas. We try to get them all out. Um, like the day before Christmas Eve 
and um, you know we take pictures along the way, and you know it's it's an amazing thing. So if you want to contribute to that, um, you can email me at www S-T-E-P-H-I-E at gmail.com. You can also find me on Facebook, Psychic Medium Stephanie Joe. I have a page. Or there is actually a Ghost of Christmas Past, Present, and Future page for my Christmas drive. Uh, so you can search that. Or you can just find me, Stephanie Joe, on my personal page and message me about it. Um, but there's so many ways to help. And you can just take a kid and buy what they want. Uh, you can donate money, gift cards, you know, anything that we can do to to keep Santa alive and, and, and give these kids a Christmas when otherwise, you know, they wouldn't have it. And these are especially tough times. But, you know, the amazing thing is a family tonight, you know, they I've talked to them about my Christmas drive. And um, he said, you know, I want to help Steph this year on the Christmas drive. And, you know, times are tough. You know, they're they're both out of work right now. Things are rough. Uh, and yet they still texted me and said, you know, we're going shopping for your Christmas drive. You know, so I sent them a list of some things that kids had asked for. You know, and they went shopping and they dropped the gifts off today. So, you know, times are tough, but there are still amazing people out there who, even though they don't have a lot, they're still willing to give for people who have even less than they do. So if you want to contribute, I told you how to get a hold of me, or you can even text me, 814-244-6759. Um, you know, just say, hey, I'd like to help with the Christmas drive, and, you know, we can figure that out. Um, There's still time to mail things. So, you know, if you wanted to mail gifts or you wanted to mail a gift card, you know, I always keep receipts, and I I take lots of pictures. So, like, all of this is going to these kids, Um, and it's just an amazing thing. So now that I got that out of the way, I um, I I have some stuff I want to talk about because it's on my mind and it's driving me crazy. One of the things I um, I've had a very free lifestyle. Um, obviously I'm a psychic medium, so I do readings for people. I connect them to their loved ones. I do cleansing for people in homes. I do past life regressions. Um, I do all kinds of things to help people. And that, with God's help, has provided for us, you know, for a long time. And it's given us freedom to... You know, we definitely were able to make ends meet. Sometimes we were struggling. Sometimes we had extra that we could go do stuff. Um, But all in all, it was, you know, my schedule, my time. I'm not working for anyone else. I'm doing God's work, 
and he's sending me the people. And so I kind of surrendered to that and just let people come to me. And, you know, when when the help was needed, I was there. And when it wasn't, there was nothing I could do. And it, it was okay. I mean, we made it. We, you know, we paid our bills. We had a home. We had food. You know, we had everything that we needed. But we have goals. We have things that we want to accomplish so we can live the life that we want to live. So through the flood and we were evacuated and we had to move, we um, decided that we were just going to, like, go at it. Like, we're just going to get jobs, we're going to work our asses off, and we're going to get ourselves financially to the point where we need to be so we can accomplish what we want to and live the life that we want to. So Derek got a full-time job, you know, he's making vaults for coffins and for when people are cremated. So a job that's for everyone, (laughs) very physical, very um, emotional, you know, sometimes they have to take the vault to the cemetery for the funerals, you know, so and the burials, and they have to like assist in that stuff. So, you know, definitely not for everyone, but he's a hard worker. He does what he has to do, and he will do any job he's given a million percent. So, everything's great there. So, I had applied for a bank, and I had had a phone interview. And then they asked me to come for a personal interview, and then I didn't get hired. Um, And then I had applied for another bank job, and she called me and wanted to have an interview. So I went in and basically wasn't even interviewed. She just told me about the job and hired me on the spot. When I went to my interview, that was like right after I dyed my hair back to brown, but I went into the interview. I had, I have two very small um, eyebrow piercings, which I've had for a very, very long time. Um, and, you know, my mask obviously covered my nose piercing. And, you know, I have a, a hand tattoo that's like in between my thumb and my wrist. It's nothing offensive. It's for my cousin Eric who passed away when he was 24. It was something that he had written to me in a letter and a little son that he had drawn me, you know, and I always wanted it on me and I wanted it on my hand. I don't know why, but um, I finally got it and it's very meaningful to me. So I go to the interview Exposing all that. Like, I'm not going to go to an interview as something I'm not. So she interviews me, hires me on the spot. Everything's great. I go to training for two weeks at the main branch with my eyebrow piercings in, with my hand tattoo. And I go to training, and my trainers love me. I'm a fast learner. I'm intelligent. I just get it. It's easy for me. For some people, you know, it isn't. So 
they were very happy that I was learning as quickly as I was and that I got it. Common sense to me. Like, being a teller and doing that job is just common sense for me. So I finished my training. You know, they rave about me to my boss. She's happy because they've been so short-staffed. You know, and people are in and out all the time, and they don't know what they're going to get. So I work an entire week at the bank with my eyebrow piercings in, with my hand tattoo, completely professionally dressed, doing an excellent job, getting nothing but commended. And then on Friday, my trainer's like, I have a mentor at the bank, and she's like, oh, you know, the boss wants to talk to you. I'm like, oh, great, here we go. And I knew I didn't do anything wrong, like work-wise, because my drawer always balances. You know, I'm very cautious. I'm very careful. I know my limits. I know what I can and can't do. And if I have a question, I ask. So I'm like, all right, this is not related to what I'm doing. So what what does she want? So I go in, and she's like, you know, how are things going? You know, I got rave reviews about you from your trainers and training, and and your mentor says you're doing amazing. And, like, obviously, because it was supposed to be, like, the whole week I she was supposed to sit next to me and watch my every move. And then on Friday, she told the boss, like, I want to just let her have her own drawer, and I'm going to have my own drawer, and I'll just sit next to her. Like, she's ready for that. So, you know, she's already ready to do that. Like, that's amazing. So she commends me on all that, tells me how highly I'm talked about, how everybody says I'm doing a great job, how she is so happy that She interviewed me and hired me. She's so grateful for having me. And then she pulls out this stapled together paper with some highlighted things. And she throws it on the desk and she's like, did you get a copy of the personal, like, policy? And I was like, um, no. Like, they emailed it to us and I, like, scanned through it, but I didn't really read it because I had been in the bank doing training and working for three weeks and nothing that I was doing ever addressed. My eyebrow piercings were never addressed. My tattoo was never addressed. And I have many more tattoos, but they were covered. But they won't always be because you can't wear turtlenecks every day of your life. So, none of that was ever brought up at all. And she says, you know, you can't show your tattoos, and you're you're not allowed to have face piercings. And I said, well, I said, I've had these in when I came in for the interview, and I've had these in the entire time I've been here, training and for a, an entire week in this bank with you where you have been face-to-face with me probably 30 times and nothing has been said. 
And she said, I said, well, listen, these things are a pain in the butt to take in and out. She said, well, you could put a Band-Aid over them. I said, yeah, because that's going to draw more attention to my piercings. And they're going to say, why do you have a Band-Aid on your eyebrow? And I'm going to say, because I have piercings. And they're going to think I'm an idiot and that the bank's an idiot, hopefully. So I was like, I'm not putting a Band-Aid on it. And I said, I can't come out and put them back in every day because these are tiny little balls and they're a pain in the ass. So she's like, all right, well, can you get, do they make clear ones? Can you put clear ones in? And we'll see how that is and if it works. And she's claiming she never saw my eyebrow piercings, even though she interviewed me and was face-to-face with me for an entire week. And you didn't see them. Oh, your hair must have been covering them. And I was like, okay, whatever. So I'll get clear ones. That's no problem. I'm fine. And then she says, and you have to cover the tattoo on your hand with makeup. (laughs) Okay. First of all, I don't even wear foundation on my face. I have very sensitive skin. I'm not putting makeup on my hand. It's going to get everywhere. It's going to get all over my clothes. It's going to get all over my fork. It's going to be a royal fucking mess. So I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. So I was like, I will pull my sweater sleeves down over my tattoo. And that's the best I'm going to do. And she didn't say anything about that. So I came home and I was really upset. And I was really upset. So I'm like, I've been there for three weeks. I'm really good at my job. I'm really smart. Uh, they're raving about me. And nobody has said a word to me about two tiny little piercings in my eyebrow and a tattoo on my hand that I can do nothing about. Nobody said a word. So then I'm playing it through my head, like, all right, coworkers, who might have said something? They're all really nice. I'm a psychic medium, so I know who likes me. I know who doesn't. I know what's going through their heads. So I have an idea of who said something. Because obviously something had to be said in order for her to bring it up because she hadn't. In three, like she had, it didn't just come out of nowhere. So they don't know that I'm a psychic medium. They don't know that I know the things that I know. And I'm not ever going to tell them probably. But I'm very aware. And I will conform on certain things. But I am me. I have a lot of tattoos. It doesn't affect my job performance. It doesn't affect the kind of person that I am. They do rigorous background checks, fingerprinting. I mean, you you can't have a damn thing against you to work in a bank. And I passed and soared through all of that. And you're worried about 
two tiny little eyebrow piercings and a tattoo that says, my day in the sun. Really? I don't fucking get it. I worked in the hall and I was allowed to have my nose ring in and my tattoos hanging out. So, and I've had other people working in the medical field and said the same thing. Like, I work in the, like, in the medical field and they don't care. I'm not a conservative, softer side of fears woman. I don't wear that shit. I tried to buy business clothing that still maintained some of my style and expressed myself. And I have awesome outfits and very professional. And most of the time my coworkers are in and I'm wearing dresses and, you know, very nice business clothes. So I really don't get it. And I am, if anybody knows me, they know I'm very rebellious. I've been fired from jobs for speaking my mind and not putting up with people's horseshit. Because you may be my boss in that position. That doesn't mean you're right. And I have a certain point where I'm just not going to tolerate it. And there are a million jobs. And I have sense of the world would never even understand or have any idea about or could ever even imagine. And I have that, which I'm very blessed and thankful for. And the work that I do with my gifts is the most valuable, most valuable thing. Other than my children, my grandchildren, my husband, my loved ones. But my gifts and and the way that they help people, that's the most valuable thing. So I'm going to be okay no matter what. Now, if she had told, if she had said something in the interview, like, oh, you're not going to be able to have your piercings in, you're going to have to put makeup on your hand, I would have said, well, then there's no way I'm going to take this job. Like, it's not going to happen. But she didn't. And it was three weeks before she did. So I'm not going to conform. I'm going to compromise a little. She said I could put clear eyebrow piercings in, so I went and bought them today. And I'm going to put them in and go to work on Monday. If she says something about them, I probably won't have a job after Monday. Bullshit. And I will tell her it's bullshit. And I will tell her exactly all the stuff I just told you. I am a military veteran. I've worked in hospitals. I had a top secret security clearance. I am entrusted to work in a bank, handle people's money, see their private accounts, know things that they don't want people to know. I am entrusted to speak to people's family members in heaven who have passed and relay messages to them and to help people 
and to cleanse people and to do all of this work. But two tiny eyebrow piercings and a hand tattoo, oh, no, we can't deal with that. I don't fucking get it. I don't know if anybody else has had anything like this happen, but it's ridiculous. Let me see. How do I do that? Hello? Hello. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Well, this is Ryan, and I was just calling, listening to your show while I was out delivering pizzas. So... And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm loving it, man. I'm, you, I'm like, I feel the fire. And, uh, you know, you should, they shouldn't be, like, being that way towards you. I've well, I got to hear a little bit of it, but, man, I'm loving it. Thank you. <laughs> I'm fired up. That irritated That's me. That's what I'm talking about. It's it me out, about. Well, <laughs> you're, doing, you're doing a great job. And uh, I'm going to go back on mute now, or we can put it back on mute so I can get back to my what I'm doing. But it was just want to let you know you guys are doing a great job, and I'll keep listening until I have to get out of my car. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. Talk to you later. All right. Uh, he's awesome. But it's true. I mean... I don't get it, and a lot of people, you know, I posted about it, and a lot of people are like, you know, that's messed up, and like, why after all that time? Like, they just didn't notice it? Like, come on. It's not like they're, I don't have a big, like, thing hanging in my neck. Like, I don't have really obvious, like, aggressive piercing. And honestly... Even if you did, it still doesn't affect your work ethic, you are, um, your ability to do any type of job. I really just think that employers need to back the fuck up and accept people for who they are and have some diversity in their employees and not be so concerned about stupid things. I mean, you can wear giant j-lo freaking hoops in your ear but they're worried about two tiny little bars in the very end of my eyebrow that most people don't even notice and apparently they didn't notice for three weeks come on get with the program people have tattoos it does not make them bad people it does not mean they are criminals It does not mean anything. It means that they wanted to express themselves, that they wanted to take some pain from inside and put it on their skin so they could look at it and so they could heal from it and so they could enjoy it. There's nothing wrong with that. You should show off your tattoos. I can understand if you've got ass and titties on your tattoo or anything, you know, vulgar, then yeah. You're going to have to cover it if you're in a professional setting. I don't have anything like that. I don't think I should have to cover it. I don't think I should have to wear a long sleeve shirt 
in 90-degree weather in the summer working there because I have tattoos. It's bullshit. And people need to get with the program and stop discriminating against people because of the way they look. Period. So I'm very frustrated. It's a really good job. It pays really well. I'm really good at it. And I really love it. But I will not ever sacrifice the person that I am for anything, for any job, for any person. Never. So we'll see what happens. I may or may not still be working for this bank. It just depends. (laughs) I may run my mouth if they say something to me. It could happen. I'm giving it some leeway. I'm giving it a chance. I'm not going to be a complete asshole. I'm doing what she said I could do, put clear eyebrow piercings in. So I went and bought clear eyebrow piercings. So if she says you got to take them out, that's not good enough, then I'm not going to have a job because <laughs> I'm not going to be able to control myself. And I will tell her why, and I will make my point, and I will lay my keys down, and I will walk the fuck out. And I will find another job that accepts me with my piercings and my tattoos. And I may not make as much money, but I will be me and accepted for me, and I will be much happier there, I'm sure. So don't conform. Don't don't give in to the bullshit. You have to stand up for yourself. I know people are like, oh, my God, I have to have this job. I can't live without it. But there's always jobs. There's so many jobs right now. There's so many possibilities for you. Don't just do it because you have to. I ha- I didn't have to. I chose to do the nine-to-five shit, which I said I would never do and I don't like. It's not me. It's not what I want for my life. I hate it. But in order for us to get to the place where we want to be in our lives and have the freedom that we want to have and do what we want to do, it's part of the process. So I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And then we're going to get to where we want to be and we're not going to have to do that anymore. But don't settle and don't entirely conform. You got to stand up for yourself. Like with these fucking vaccines, which aren't actually vaccines because they don't work. Um, you know, they, they're trying to force them on everybody. People who have worked at the bank for over 30 years are ready to walk out, they mandate this vaccine. And we, you know, we got a company email, which I'm okay to talk about because I haven't told you where I work or said any names or anything, but we get this company email and it says, you know, we are not mandating the vaccine. But if you don't get the vaccine, you have to have a weekly COVID test, which you have to pay for. 
which is $100 a test. And they will not accept Rite Aid tests or, like, home tests. So you have to pay $400 a month. People who are vaccinated who can still carry COVID, take it into your workplace, get sick and die from it, don't have to do shit. They're just in there walking around, spreading COVID, spreading their shit, and it doesn't matter. But we, who don't want to put that shit in our bodies and don't want to conform to the bullshit, we have to take a weekly COVID test and pay for it. So how is that not forcing the issue? We're not mandating it, but basically... If you don't want to have to do this, then you're going to have to get the shot mandating it. That's forced. Because you're either they're going to get the shot or they're going to leave. So you haven't done anything different. You're an asshole. They're trying to stop this stuff. We're going to lose a lot of medical workers. We're going to lose a lot of doctors. We're going to lose a lot of nurses. We're going to lose a lot of EMTs. What the fuck are you going to do when you're on death's door and there's nobody there to help you? When you could have been saved, but all those people that were working and saving lives and, and doing the amazing jobs that they do, when they were in the brunt of it when COVID was rampant and there was nothing anybody could do about it and they were watching people die every day and they were still in the hospitals doing their jobs because they loved it and because they wanted to be there. Really? You're going to fire them. Because they don't want to put something in their body that they don't trust. That doesn't even work. Because they'll get it. You can still die from it. It might lessen your symptoms, but it might not. There's been a lot of people who have died from the vaccine itself, who have lifetime health issues because of the vaccine itself. They don't want to take that risk. So you'd rather not have them there? Your child is in dire need of medical help, and you're racing them to the hospital, and you're like, well, they're going to be there. They're not going to be there. They were there during all of it. They were there when it was dangerous. They were there when it mattered, and now because of some stupid fucking shot that they don't want to get, now it doesn't matter. And now they're not going to be there when you need them to be there. You better think about that shit. People better think about it. Because we're going to lose essential people over this mandate, over this shot. If you get the vaccine and you believe in the vaccine, and I don't even like to call it that because it's, that's not what it is, but we'll go with it. You, you get it. You believe in it. You believe that you will not die and that you'll have 
mild symptoms, if any, if you even get COVID. And your loved ones who are at risk, who who you don't want to hurt and, in fact, have also been vaccinated, obviously, because in your mind it works, because you're protected. So if they are such at-risk people, they're going to get vaccinated the way that you're thinking. So you're vaccinated, your loved ones who are at risk are vaccinated. You can still get COVID and transmit it, but you're fine because it lessens the symptoms and you're not going to be hospitalized or die, right? So why does it matter if I don't want to get it and I come around you You're safe, right? And you're thinking and what you believe this vaccine, quote, unquote, to be, you're fine. So why do you give a fuck if I'm not vaccinated? Because you know who's going to die, according to you, the unvaccinated. So why do you care if I'm not vaccinated? You and your people who are at risk got the vaccine, which you believe works. So it doesn't matter, does it? No. And they're always dividing us. They divided us with Trump. They divided us when they set up that whole shit with the drug addict who was supposedly killed by the cop, but not really. He was all hopped up on meth and all kinds of crazy shit and not a good person, and he got killed. So then... Here comes Black Lives Matter, which all lives matter, every single one, every person on the planet. Unless you're an evil douchebag, your life matters. So here goes that. Then it's the vaccine. You've got to get the vaccine. So now there's the vaccinated versus the unvaccinated. There's the Trump tards versus the fucking actual retards because they're, sorry to use that term, I don't use it as in the wrong way, but I've said it my whole life, but they really think that all this bullshit going on is okay, whatever. And then now you have this, you know, there's a riot, there's this Rittenhouse guy who has a weapon. He shoots people And some people think he should be in jail for the rest of his life. I I don't think so. And they're saying, you know, why would he shoot this kid? The kid was coming at him with a skateboard, or I don't even know the story really, but I've seen enough to, to, to know enough. Kid's coming at him, he shoots the kid. Everybody's pissed because this kid died. Well, why was that kid there anyway? Why Why was the kid there? Why was some guy coming at him with a gun while he's on the ground? Um, why was he there with a gun? Same question. Everybody's like, oh, well, why did he take a gun there? He was going to start shit. Why were any of them there? None, nobody should have been there. Nobody should have been burning down people's businesses. Nobody should have been in the streets beating the shit out of each other, killing people. Nobody should have been there. So they're all wrong. And I'm telling you right now, military trained, trained to kill, trained to fight war. If some 
I'm just cursing tonight. I don't care. If some motherfucker was coming at me with a gun, with a skateboard, with a fork, with a fucking piece of wood, with a baseball bat, I don't care what it is, and I have a gun, and I feel like my life is threatened, your ass, I'm shooting to kill. You can bet your ass. And if anybody else says that they wouldn't, then either you're a complete pussy and you're going to lay there and cry and let them do that shit to you, or you're going to fight back and you're going to shoot somebody. This kid should not be in jail for the rest of his life. Some guy was coming at him with a gun. They were coming at him with weapons. What is a weapon? Anything with intent to harm. It could be a freaking chain. It could be a lamp. It doesn't matter what they're coming at you with. It is intent to harm. Some guy came running across the parking lot with a freaking Walmart bag full of dog food and was swinging it at me like he was going to hit me and I had a gun. Mm-hmm. Telling you, it doesn't matter. You don't know. They're going to try and knock you out. They're going to rape you. All those people were there. They were burning down buildings. They were hurting other people, trying to get their point across. That's a dangerous situation. So, yeah, if you're in a situation like that and somebody is coming at you with any type of weapon, what are you going to do? Lay there and cry? But then you're going to die. Or you're going to get the shit beat out of you. You're going to defend yourself. That's what he did. You, I don't care. That's what he did. I've seen all the different things. And if you're listening to the media, if you're watching the news and you're believing all the bullshit they're spewing, you have a serious problem. Google does not have all the answers. You can Google stuff. And guess what? Google is going to tell you a whole bunch of crap that other people made up to put on there. And you're going to read it, and it's what they want to put on there. The media puts on what they want you to know. The government tells the media what to release to the people. How do we divide and conquer? For how long has it been a war tactic to divide and conquer? Where are we at? Oh, let's see. Divided by Trump. Republicans versus Democrats, Trump tards versus the righteous, ha-ha, opposite. Trump was God's president, Biden is evil's president, and there you go. Look at what the world is coming to. Look at what all the shit that is happening. It's proof. Proof is in the pudding. Trump may have been truthful. (laughs) He may have been blunt. You maybe didn't like him, but he was doing what was best for us and for the country, and now look at us. Now look. Look at what is happening around you. Look at the world outside and look at what is happening. Oh, it's idiotic. It's idiotic to me that people still trust the government, that people still trust this vaccine, that people... Trust the media after everything that has happened. Come on. Open your damn eyes. Open your eyes. There's a whole world of shit going on. If you just 
fall in line and be the little sheep, you're going to go do whatever they tell you to do, and guess what? In a few years, you're going to see what you have sown, and you are not going to like it at all. People who get this vaccine are going to die. Not all. Not all of you. Just some. Just a lot. And all at once. Because the true ramifications of putting this shit in your body is going to just appear and it's just going to happen fast. People are just going to start dropping off like flies. And then everybody's going to go, damn, we should have listened to all those people we thought were crazy and that were conspiracy theorists and that were whatever. Maybe we should have listened to them. Maybe we should have looked at the situation. Why would you try to force something? If you look at the numbers on how many people have gotten COVID, and the numbers aren't right, what they're reporting to you, not right. I have talked to people whose loved ones did not die of COVID. They had other issues, but they had contracted COVID while they were in the hospital. And so on their death certificate, it said, died of COVID. So the numbers are fudged. And how many people got COVID and didn't go and get tested? So there's how many people that didn't even go get tested who had it, who survived and are perfectly fine, but you don't know those numbers because they never went to the damn hospital. They didn't go get the test. So you can't trust the numbers. But even if you look at the numbers that they provide, the amount of people who have gotten COVID and the amount of people who have died, what the fuck are you worried about? Why are you scared? How many people die? Not that many. People have lost loved ones to it. Yeah. And I I pray for those people. I feel bad for those people. But if you if you really look at it, you know, how many people do you know that have had COVID and are fine? Probably 99%. You might know one person that died from it. Maybe two. Maybe. Personally. That's still very high percentage survival rate. Very high percentage of people are fine. So what, well, why? Why, what are you afraid of? Why would you put some unknown shit into your body that you already know doesn't work and could possibly kill you? Because you can still get COVID. You can still transmit COVID. And you can still die from COVID, unvaccinated or vaccinated. But the vaccinated are taking one extra risk. You can die from the vaccine. You can have long life that will never go away from the vaccine. And maybe you're not going to die right away. Maybe those things aren't going to present themselves now. For some people, they do. There's kids who were perfectly healthy. They were athletes and now have heart issues. They, you know, There are all kinds of people with heart issues with Uh, chronic pain, with leg issues, with all kinds of issues from this shit. 
you're taking that risk. Why, why, why would you do that when it's the benefits don't outweigh the risk? Because the risk is the same. It's the same. Lots of people are dying who have been vaccinated. Lots. Lots of people are being hospitalized who have been vaccinated. The difference. It's still the numbers don't make any sense for why they're pushing these vaccines, why they want people to put this shit in their body, why they're trying to force it so much that they would be willing to put people out of work. They know what's going to happen. People are going to leave their jobs. They are not going to conform. They are not going to do it. They're going to leave their jobs of 10 years, of 30 years, of 40 years. It doesn't matter. They're going to leave. And then what? Then we're even shorter on people to work. It's already hard enough to find people who want to work. But then we're even shorter. So the hospitals are shorted, police shorted, firemen shorted, EMTs shorted, your bank shorted. Oh, I can't get any money out. Oh, gee, I wonder why they wanted everybody to get a vaccine and people quit. They're not running. They don't have the people there. You can't just train somebody to do that in a day. It's not like flip, and I hate to say it, but it's not like flipping burgers. You bring somebody into McDonald's, they don't care. They go through workers like fucking underwear. It's not the same. You you have a specific job in a high in a high company. You work at a bank. You work in a hospital. You can't just replace a nurse. You can't just replace a doctor. You can't just replace somebody who's been at the bank for 30 freaking years. What are you going to do when that position isn't filled? Shit's not going to run. You're going to be able to do what you need to do. People are not going to be able to do what they need to do. It's idiotic. It's idiotic. Why? Why? Let people make the decision for themselves. Either way, it's not going to change anything. You're going to have a bunch of unvaccinated people in your in your establishment. You're going to have a bunch of vaccinated people in your establishment. COVID will still be there. People can still get sick. People can still die. It doesn't matter. So get rid of it. Hopefully they will. Supposedly ours is start to, supposed to start January 4th after the holidays, of course. That they're supposed to start, um, you know, making us do this weekly COVID thing if we don't get the vaccine. It was funny because my boss actually said to me, um, I've had a nose piercing since I was 19 years old. And, um, you know, it's very close to my nose. It's a tiny silver hoop. It's not big. It's not gaudy. It doesn't stick out from my face. I wear a mask at work. But, you know, sometimes your mask slips after you've been wearing it for a long time. So she had noticed my nose ring and she said, uh, when she was giving me shit about my eyebrow piercings and my hand tattoo, um, she said, oh, and, and you know, when we don't have to wear masks 
this anymore, you're going to have to take your nose piercing out. (laughs) When I got my nose pierced, I was in the Army, so I was home on leave. I went to a tattoo shop in State College, and I got my nose pierced. And that's back when, you know, they put a cork up your nostril and they stuck the needle through and you got this giant hoop in your face because they didn't have the stuff they have now. And that kind of stuff was moderately new. So I got my nose pierced uh, Saturday night and I went back to base on Sunday. I got there like late Sunday night. And Monday morning, I had to be at PT and, you know, at work. I just got my nose pierced the day prior. It hurt like hell. I had to take it out for the entire day. (laughs) And then as soon as I got off work, I put it back in. And I did that for days. And I know some of you are like, well, you did it for the Army. Why can't you do it for the bank? Because Jesus I was stupid then, and uh, I you kind of have to. You know, you're fighting for your country. You know, you signed your life over to the military. You don't really have a choice, you know. Now I have a choice, so whatever. But, you know, I've had it for a long time. The thing that got me, though, was not the fact that she asked me, you know, and told me I'd have to take it out. It was the fact that she said, when we don't have to wear masks. Hmm. So what does she know telling the rest of us? And, you know, they're already saying, oh, they want everyone to get vaccinated so that people don't have to wear masks anymore, which is completely ridiculous because you can still get COVID and die and get really sick. But, um, you know, they're assuming that everybody's going to get vaccinated. So I'm, in my head, I'm going, well, I'm going to have to wear the mask anyway. So, like, I'm not going to have to take it out because I'm not getting vaccinated. I'm not going to have to worry about it. But I didn't say that. I was just like, whatever. I'm all right with that. Nose ring's easy to get in and out. Eyebrow piercing, not so much. I'm not doing it pain in the ass. I always have to have Derek do it and he has hands and these are tiny little balls that he has to try and screw on and half the time he drops them on the floor and you know we have to find them and he doesn't like to do it. I don't like to make him do it and I can't do it because I have nails. So I'm just not doing it. So pet peeves that's all the shit that's going on with me and things I wanted to talk about. You can agree or disagree. That's your choice. Some of us still have those. Some of us want to keep those. Some of us still, you know, don't take those for granted. So you still have a choice. Make the choices. You can like it or you don't, but don't just conform Don't get the vaccine because your job is telling you you have to or you're going to lose your job. If everybody did what the pilots did, said we're not flying any of these damn planes, nobody's going anywhere. Get rid of this mandate or nobody's flying. And guess what happened? They're no longer mandated to get the vaccine. 
So if everybody did that, then guess what would happen? They need you. You are essential. No matter what job you have in some way, you are essential. So walk the fuck out. Stand your ground. Do not get this shot because you feel like you have no other choice. Because you're only hurting yourself. And your life is more valuable than that job. Your future is more valuable than that job. So walk the fuck out and find another job where they're not going to make you do it. And that's what I have to say about that. So Ryan was awesome. He gave me 90 minutes on this show because I had told him, like, I have a lot of shit to talk about. (laughs) I have some build-up stuff I need to express. And I cursed definitely a lot more on this show than I ever have. But you know, sometimes you just have to. And I'm kind of frustrated with all of it. I'm frustrated with all the shit going on in the world, with everything I see on Facebook, with just idiots, idiots who don't fucking get it. And, I, you know, I have to be, to be me. I have to be respectful of other people's opinions and their feelings, and I am. So I just don't say a damn word, but. It builds up, and i got to say it. So I see a lot of idiotic bullshit, and I see a lot of stuff that doesn't make sense, and I'm dealing with some of it. So hopefully, you know, things will work out for me, and I'll get to stay at my job because I'm really good at it, and I will be a huge asset to them. But it all comes down to how valuable am I and, and how how much two tiny little eyebrow piercings and a hand tattoo matter in my in my value to that company, which I'm thinking isn't much. So who knows? But I'll definitely let you guys know what happens. I'll keep you updated on that. Next week, I don't know what the hell I'm going to talk about, but uh probably go back to some paranormal shit. I've been wanting to talk about life stuff, world stuff, and, you know, it's always a touchy subject, but whatever. Freedom of speech, and you don't have to agree with me. You don't have to believe me. You don't have to heed my warnings. That's totally fine, but, you know, one of my my gifts and one of my jobs here is to help people and to give the messages that I have received, so... I'm giving you the message. Do with it what you will. I hope you enjoy the rest of your Saturday night. I hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend. Happy Thanksgiving. I hope you fill your belly and have so much love and happiness and family on the holiday. You know, eat eat all that pumpkin pie, and, and I'm going to have all my kids and grandkids here for Thanksgiving. So super excited. And, uh, Who knows what the hell we'll get into next Saturday at 8. So join me again next Saturday at 8. And like I said, don't forget the Christmas drive. If you want to contribute, find my Facebook, my email. You can text me. It's all on there. Psychic Medium Stephanie Joe or my Facebook is Stephanie Joe. 
or you can look up my page, Ghosts of Christmas Past, Present, and Future. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Talk to you soon. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.